0: hello and welcome to the basement talk podcast fantasy show i am your host adam Caster. i'm here with my co-host ed birdsall and we have a special guest today mr jared Fagione, the basement talk podcast weatherman how you doing
1: how's it going guys thanks for having me on honored right, well, to be
0: here as usual yeah well it's great to have you you know contestant on the uh, quizvitational winner as far as I know, because it was the one that I was on. Yes. But, he, uh, will be, yeah. he will be in the uh, the grand final
2: for the uh, Basin Talk Podcast Quiz which will be recorded, I think we're trying to record it on Monday.
0: So be on the lookout for that. Very exciting. Uh, so, Bird, do you have one quick question for us? Yes, I do. And it, it actually uh, pertains to our special guest,
2: Jared Feggio on the Basement Talk Podcast, Weatherman. First of all, uh, Jared, you were outside. You're cool. now inside. What was the weather like outside when you were out there?
1: It was humid, but it was a little on the chilly side. If hmm. that makes sense. No, it absolutely does. It was very
2: thick, but it wasn't very warm. Yeah, it was a weird combination. Out. I'm gonna. Jo- I'm gonna enjoy it. I'm gonna take the. Uh, I'm gonna take the roof off of the uh, Jeep when I'm going out to. Yeah, uh,
1: August has been a little chilly this year. It has. So,
0: yep. Global warming. Gotta love it. And climate's all kinds of fuck, all kinds of fuck.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Well, so I the one quick question for the day is, and this is very similar to Adam's one quick question from uh, the other day. Jared, we were in the same draft on Friday.
1: How was your draft? It was good. I enjoyed the draft. I enjoyed my team. I think I have a good core. I kind of folded at the end due to not having proper rankings. But my core team, I like it in a PPR keeper league. So people like to make fun of me for folding with certain picks, but I'm gonna stand tall. I enjoy my team, I think I would do I think I'm gonna do good.
2: See, I think that your team was is solid. i I do think it's solid. I think that there is there's a lot of picks that I think people just didn't agree with, but picks that I think at the end of the day, can most certainly pan out. I'll just read your team out for our listeners. So Jared's got, and Adam, you can give this a letter grade if you would like. Okay. As a neutral. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry and Mark Andrews are both kept. Robert Woods, DJ Chark, Jarvis Landry, Mark Andrews, Deontay Johnson, Vikings D, Justin Tucker, Antonio Gibson, Marvin Jones, Gronk, Alexander Madison, Deshaun Jackson, Raquel Armstead, and Janu Smith.
0: So, just for, for my knowledge, what pick did you have, Jared? The fourth. Okay. And a three receiver league. Yes. So as yeah, Bird was telling you about that. I think that that's like a B team. That's pretty good. Thank it's you. pretty solid. I like you. I like your. I mean, you had a good situation where you were able to keep Derrick Henry. And um, so that, that worked out for you. You're able to get two stud running backs. Uh, the receivers are pretty cool, like interesting. You got a top tight end in Mark Andrews. Uh, solid defense, solid kicker, that sort of thing. Love because yeah, kickers are great. Love kickers. Kickers
2: are people too. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if I'm being level-headed, I gave that I gave that team a B minus. I think it's a very solid team. Your core is very good. Your bench is a little shallow, but you know, like I said before we came on, you don't have to have a deep team coming out of the draft. I just feel like when I'm coming out of a draft, the way I look at it is if I look at my team and I see that there's one hole on my team, just one, I'm happy. If I see two holes, I'm not too thrilled. That means I had a a bad draft. And with Jared's team, I think the only real hole that I could – C was his flex is a little shallow if he's starting Deontay Johnson but that's a pick that can pan out because his upside is just absolutely tremendous same with Antonio Gibson where he, he's taking two lottery tickets on guys that can very easily pan out or are in really good positions to pan out and listen if Ron Rivera thinks Antonio Gibson is the next Christian McCaffrey he should get every, all the touches in the world to prove that he can be that Swiss army knife kind of guy for the Washington football team. And kind of the same thing with Deontay Johnson, whose fantasy football life along with the rest of the Steelers, quite frankly, really does rest in the hands of Ben Roethlisberger. But I mean, I took Ben Roethlisberger. So Jared and I will be rooting for, uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers together on a, on a weekly basis.
0: Yeah. I think it's interesting to see because you have two different philosophies, of drafting and especially the team that you talked about uh, on Monday's show where they they didn't have too much depth either, where they went kind of – where they had like really solid wide receivers and then the bench was kind of eh. But, you know, the nice thing about that is that there's the waiver wire and, you know, every season there are, there are players that break out and they're going to be unheralded and people aren't going to draft them. They're going to be sitting there. On waivers, and you can definitely make, you know, use of that and improve your team.
2: Right, but at the end of the day, that team has got Devonte Adams, Julio Jones, two of the safest receivers in fantasy. Odell, whose upside is that team ridiculous, is better. The team is and better. And Lockett,
0: who's very safe. That team is better. But I'm just saying, as far as de- as far as depth is concerned, right. right? There, there are other ways to to go to circumvent not having a great draft necessarily as far as depth is concerned. Correct. Correct. And I
2: think, you know, with that team, and it actually ties very nicely into what we're talking about today with, uh, with the running backs. And once we get through news and notes, talking about our entire RB strategies and how we're approaching the running backs, I think it's gonna be a very interesting conversation because there are many different ways that I think, we can go and approach running backs this year. And I'm very curious as to what you guys will have to say about it. Cause I definitely have my opinion on it, but I mean, I don't think there's really a right or a wrong answer with this. And it really just comes down to, again, as you said, as you said, Adam, it comes, it really does come down to, you know, what your overall
0: philosophy is when, when it comes to running backs. Mm -hmm, Definitely. So let's move on to news and notes then. Uh, the first bit of news and notes is kind of a follow up on our last piece where we talked about Gerald McCoy who is gonna be out for the season due to the quadriceps injury. And he has also been cut by the Dallas Cowboys. And they're basically off the hook for that money due to six million the $6 million that they owe to Gerald McCoy. They're off the hook for that because of the uh, of the injury. And it's just unfortunate for a guy who is one of the, one of the better defensive tackles in the league and had a lot of potential to kind of bounce back again, or even do well again with the uh, Dallas Cowboys. But it's what happens. Well,
2: it was a U-turn really because Mike McCarthy had said that Gerald McCoy was going to stay around and help the team out and be a a really nice veteran presence. And, and later in the day, he just got cut, and the Cowboys saved six million. It's unfortunate, really. Yeah, he keeps he keeps his signing bonus, and he just uh, the Cowboys save six million against the cap. And he said that he's willing to return to Dallas when he is uh, when he's healthy. It'll obviously be on a a sort of a one year prove it deal if he does go back. But um, yeah, it's a it's a shitty look for the Cowboys that guy tears his quad on really on really what was a, a freak accident. Honestly, he was. Uh, mm-hmm. He was doing individual drills on the side and took a step and pop, And that was, that was kind of that. So yeah, that's uh, how
0: a lot of those leg injuries happen. Right. Is, right. Yeah. You saw it with like Deshaun Watson, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, where it's not the, it's not what happened, but it's the, it's over time. Like that cartilage degrades and it all it takes is one little turn, one cut the wrong way. And then yep. you're done.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, if you're looking at what the Cowboys got in terms of defensive lineman Tyron Crawford now, you can play him inside. They've done it before, and you would expect him in the final year of his deal, he'll very much be a presence on the inside. And second round pick Tristan Hill from a year ago who was on the outside looking in, really, he's got a really massive opportunity now to get high-leverage snaps for for the Cowboys in a team that Needs in the defensive tackle next to Don Terry Poe on that defensive line. You're looking for a young guy that can come out and prove himself. Tristan Hill has a
0: humongous opportunity. Yeah, actually, in the same in that same vein, uh, did you hear about Artie Burns? I did uh, tore his ACL. Yep, that's another thing that's just like you hate it when a guy who just signed with a new team looking to get a new chance. And then he's out for the season before any games are being played. But uh, honestly, it's probably this is any year that you want to be out for the season. This is probably the best year to do it, because it's this isn't it's not exactly the safest atmosphere <laughs> as far as what's going on around the world to be playing football. And obviously, you never want to wish an injury on anybody, but this year is probably a good year to not to just not play at all.
2: Yeah, and then you also have uh, Cardinals corner uh, Robert Alford, who yes, Robert packed, Alford also. who's out for the uh, second consecutive season in a row, which uh, really sucks. I think the Cardinals worked out uh, former Cowboys draft pick B.W. Webb to uh, potentially go in there. But, yeah, it's, it's been the, uh, the training camp of injuries so far.
0: Yep. All right, what, uh, what else do we got for news and notes?
2: Uh, Miles yeah. Sanders week to week. That's yeah. a little frightening. Nick Chubb not practicing with a uh, with a concussion. I heard that Sonny Michel is basically not being relied upon in New England to be there. So it looks like that he is, it's basically almost a formality that Sonny Michel is going to be going on the pop and he'll be out for uh, for eight weeks.
0: Yep. Well, your friend that drafted James White is looking smarter and smarter. And guess what? It's the team that has Julio Devante, Odell, and Tyler Lockett. <laughs> I know. Yeah, so it's it's looking looking better and better. And, uh, yeah, that's, I don't know, if there's anything else you want to talk about, we can just go straight into Uh, it. Four-game suspension for uh,
2: Rashad Breland is basically on the docket for a uh, PED violation. And uh, Dalvin Cook will not be getting a new contract as the Vikings and his representation have put the kibosh on that. And he said he's getting ready for week one. And they'll revisit it after the season.
0: Yep. Well, I mean, fitting that we have all the all this news surrounding running backs when we're talking about running backs today for our positional previews.
2: This is gonna be a, f- a fascinating discussion. I'm looking yes. forward to
0: it. So this is part one. Uh, like we said last time, this is gonna be part one of two for our uh, running back previews, and we're basically gonna be starting with we're gonna be covering the top twenty-seven running backs, give or take. And this is based on the uh, tier list from fantasypros.com. They're running back rankings. So if you're, you want to open that up and follow along as you're listening, then by all means, it'll be a lot more fun if you do. Because then you'll have to remember all the names that I say. Because for some of the tiers, it gets, gets to be a, a, a lot, a mouthful. Yes. So without further ado, let's move on and talk about tier one. You, know, been, you want to talk
2: about running back philosophy first or you want to save it?
0: I think, I think it's actually – it's good to talk about – let me start that over. Uh, it's good to talk about running back philosophy when you're talking about tier one because then that goes right into it because then you're going to be talking about where you're drafting. Sure. So uh, the tier one of the running backs is Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, and Ezekiel Elliott. Easy. I mean, these in P-
2: play- PPR, I would put uh, Alvin Kamara in there too. Yes. No Out. Yes. Are your settings on PPR?
0: It should be. Ah, here we go. <laughs> Kamara is there. Thank you.
2: Kamara I I, I thought so.
0: Yeah. I, I was gonna say. I thought I looked. At, I looked at those rankings this morning. I thought Kamara was there. It's still. It's ridiculous that PPR is still isn't considered standard. It should be standard and non PPR. That's what it should be. Or PPR, non PPR. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to say something is standard where most people don't, where a lot of people don't really use it anymore. Then it's, it's not the standard. True. It's a crime against language. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So the tier one is Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, and Ezekiel Elliott. And the interesting thing here is that for PPR, Kamara is ahead of Ezekiel Elliott. So that could be something worth discussing. But before we go into that, let's talk about our philosophies for running backs, drafting running backs. And, you know, the tradition, it go, dates back to when you had to mail in your, your scores on a week-to-week basis. It's drafting running backs in the first round. And that, like, you don't draft anybody other than a running back with, your fir- with like, the first couple of picks. It's a matter of opinion. Unless it's a wide receiver named Michael Thomas.
2: I mean, I would love to hear Jared's thoughts about it, but I-, I think you know where I stand.
0: Yes. Well, there are some players that are not running backs that are worth picking in the first round. But I think the conventional wisdom has been running backs go in the first round. And yeah. Conventional I, wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's a that's my strategy on it. I think later in the first round, that's where you go with your it gets a little more interesting. You have a little more freedom with drafting.
1: I mean I mean Jared, what would what would you do? If I have a top that top five pick, I'm pretty much always going to draft a running back. When you look at it year in, year out, the top five running backs always exceed, usually exceed the top five wide receivers. So I'm just looking at for a running back in the, and as a first couple picks in general. I just believe they're more reliable in the end. They will score more points. And I just feel like running backs hold more weight in the end, too.
2: I mean, I, I agree with that. But I think this year, it's just, it's such a different year than anything else where, you have a in non ppr you're you're drafting a running back in the first in the first four or five picks i mean there's there's no question about it but in non ppr in a half point ppr and in full you could make a really good case to go and draft i mean i i've been on record and i said i would take michael thomas number 2 and i think that there's a real good case to be made i mean i wouldn't draft him over Ezekiel Elliott or Saquon Barkley, but when you start talking about Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook, you can make a real argument, and I would hear it in half and full point PPR to go and draft Devonte Adams. I would, I would hear it. Yeah, I think so safe yeah. on a week to week basis. Where this year, the running backs, there are just so many questions when it comes to the running backs that. People have a right to be scared of the running backs, and this is when we're talking about the quadruple wide receiver team that was drafted in our draft last week. And why I think you can do it is because he had Chris Carson as a keeper, so he's got that fallback running back It's going to get him volume, he's going to get him touches, he'll get him touchdowns. Then you can start going in the later rounds on – lottery picks you can go ahead and do that you could take a running back that maybe in this in this uh discussion will be going in tier four tier five tier five we'll get to on the next uh episode but you could take someone that's in tier four and we'll see who's there but you can go deep receiver to start and then you could take lottery picks with the running backs and hope that one pans out because odds are one of them is going to if you're you're talking about a guy like Darrington evans who's the backup for derrick henry talking about reggie bonifon who's the backup for christian McCaffrey, talking about one of the chargers guys whether it's justin jackson or josh kelly those are the kind of guys that we're talking about where you can go and take them in the very late rounds of drafts and if they pan out and they become the lead workhorse backs for whatever reason in their respective offenses you have a league winner, you have a league winner right then and there that you don't, you didn't need waivers to go and grab them. You had them on your roster the entire time. So at the, at the end of the day, it really just comes down to your overall philosophy. And we talk more and we get into the specific running backs. We give you our sleepers, our breakouts, our busts for each tier that we talk about, we're going to figure out and we're going to see that at least for me, Running back is not as safe and not as secure as it's been in the last three, four years. This year, I think there's so much potential downside with so many running backs that you're sort of, you're sort of avoiding risk by going and drafting heavy wide receiver to start and then seeing who's there and then taking some shots and hoping that one of those late shots pans out.
0: Yeah, I think that it also depends on your format as well because, I mean, you're in a three-wide receiver league, so it makes more sense to draft uh, wide receivers first. But I think to counter that, I think that teams are probably going to be running the ball more to start just because they're going to be trying to get into a groove where it's like just go with the safe option before – and until so we get kind of more of a rapport between the quarterback and the wide receiver, because as we know, you know, shortened training camps, no preseason, um, teams are going to be playing it safe within the first four or five weeks of the season, probably four weeks of the season. Teams are going to be playing it safe more often than not. So I think that, that definitely adds value to running backs. But yeah, I, aside from that, I do agree that there are a lot of question marks with the running back position. There are a lot of, reasons that running backs can't pan that running backs won't pan out, but reasons for you to worry basically because of either controversy or injury or something along or contract dispute or whatever along those lines. But to start off here, let's talk about who is your It's crazy asking who your breakout is from this tier one of running backs. It's like, this isn't even my final form. Like, no, this is it.
2: (laughs) I mean, I mean, I don't really think that there's a sleeper or a breakout or a bust when it comes to this group. I mean, you could make a case that if you're talking about I think really the only conversation that you would have here is who is the most likely of this group to be a bust? I think that's like that's the main conversation that's worth having. (laughs) For me, each of these guys has some downside, and I can see certain situations that could potentially happen where each of these guys could be classified as bust. I think you look at Christian McCaffrey. You could say that Matt Rule doesn't want him being the go-to guy in that offense, and maybe his target share goes down, let's say he only gets you 320 touches. You know, what does that potentially look like? As for Saquon Barkley, health. That's the biggest thing with Saquon Barkley is health. No question about it. With Ezekiel Elliott, you could say that maybe Mike McCarthy doesn't favor the running game as much and his touches go down and they favor more of leaning on their their outstanding wide receiver group with Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Alvin Kamara, it's health number one. Number two is that the touchdowns don't go back up, and they really rely on Latavius Murray slash Taysom Hill to be the guys at the 1-2 yard line. There's a lot of downside with these running backs, no doubt about it, but the upside, again, is is tremendous. There's a reason why they're going in the top four picks universally is because these are guys that can win you weeks just by themselves. And for me, I, I have no problem with any of them. I think Alvin Kamara, again, He's in for what should be a pretty monster bounce-back season. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott will be Ezekiel Elliott. He'll just do his thing like he always does. The biggest question mark, though, is Saquon Barkley. That, that for me, is he is such an unknown right now that if, if he's healthy and you're telling me Saquon Barkley's playing 16 games, he could be the number one running back going into next year. He absolutely 100% can. But if he's not and he's only playing 10 or 11 games, then what good is that for you? And then Christian McCaffrey, he, he, he's Christian McCaffrey. He's going to be outstanding again. Um, so for for me,
0: my bust, if I had to pick one out of this group, would be Saquon Barkley. I agree. I agree. He's the only one that like, could really like safely, safely make a case for without sounding too paranoid. <laughs> Jared, yeah. what do you think?
1: Um, I go back to the original take with Breakout. I think that if anyone was going to quote-unquote break out, I think it would be Kamara, like you said. I think Kamara could be the one of the two overall drafted next year. I feel like his numbers are going to skyrocket back because we forget a couple of years ago he was getting drafted one, two, and I think he's very well to go back to that form. But at the same time, he's also a buzz candidate like we've seen this year with how they run the offense, the Saints. He could be... Some weeks he's crazy, some weeks he's putting up 10, 11 in PPR, so he he could be a hit or miss guy sometimes for where you're drafting him. But I think I have a lot of faith in him this year. How about
2: Barkley, dear? Are you are you going to roast me on calling Barkley a potential bust? No, I I
1: agree cuz you just said injuries. Yeah. I, I agree with your take. If he plays 15, 16 games, he's almost a lock to be a top 3 back in my eyes in PPR.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I I, I, was, I was going to say to be really, really safe, I would say lock to be top five, no doubt about it, just because of how how much I think he's going to be used in that offense run by, of course, Cowboy ex-coach, running back whisperer, whatever you want to call him, Jason Garrett. He's going to lean a lot on, on Saquon Barkley, no doubt about it. And it's, it's possible that Saquon Barkley, that Jason Garrett just runs him into the ground and just says, you know what, you are our best offensive player. We need to make sure that we keep the ball out of Daniel Jones' hands as much as we possibly can to limit the amount of turnovers that he has. And that's going to be Saquon Barkley. And there's, he has 11-12 he has total touchdown upside if he stays healthy, which would basically mean that, as Jared said, he basically would be a lock at top three
1: if he's getting you 12 total touchdowns. No doubt about it. I agree. And with Zeke, I feel I feel like Zeke, like when you look at his numbers last year, phenomenal, but it wasn't anything like crazy. When you look no. at it, 18, 19, 20, 17, good numbers, but I feel like he's going to lose a, a little luster next year when the draft comes along. He's going to put up his good numbers, but people aren't going to expect any boom weeks like he used to have a year ago. But he's still going to produce. I wouldn't call that a bust, but I feel like he's going to lose a little hype in the draft next year, a little momentum. So that's what I think about him.
2: Well, I mean, I look at I look at Zeke and I mean this is a guy still that he had fourteen total touchdowns last year. Yep. And people were saying that even with almost fourteen hundred yards rushing, fourteen touchdowns, that he was a bust. People were saying he didn't look good. Yep. Like, come on. He's he is without a doubt for me if you're looking for a guy that week to week is going to get you production no matter what Ezekiel Elliott is that guy I agree cuz you you know week to week that Ezekiel Elliott if you're talking about what he's going to do in terms of volume what he will do catching the ball he's going to get you receptions so he'll get you your carries He'll get you a touchdown more likely than not. I mean, what more more can you ask for out of a guy that you're taking in the first round? Yeah, you you could no doubt be wanting the boom weeks where he gets you 30, 35 points like a McCaffrey or a Barkley or even a Kamara would. But Zeke is getting you 20 points every single week. And that for me, I, and you know, you both of you know how I am. I value the 20 points every single week more than I do the 35 one week and the 15 another. That, but that's just how I am. That's just my overall philosophy when it comes to not just running backs, but any position in general.
1: Yeah.
2: There's nothing wrong with Amari Cooper. I mean he puts he puts up uh, 40 against the Eagles or or when I'm playing someone very specific that happens to also be one of the hosts of the Basement Talk Podcast, Mr. Tim Brady, he uh he decides to uh want to pop off. And I really appreciate that from
0: Amari. I really do. Yeah. Well hopefully he listens and he can reciprocate the feelings that you show him. I love him. I I I love him so much. Moving on to tier two. And the drop off is kind of kind of jarring when you go to tier two, where you have almost all a lot of these running backs are question have have question marks surrounding them. Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Kenyon Drake, Miles Sanders. Austin Eckler and Joe Mixon. I think, I mean, the safest person out of this tier, I think, is Austin Eckler. Really, the, sa- the highest floor out of the safest, one of the safest. Out interesting, of the is Austin Eckler.
1: That's a that's an interesting oh, take. He would be my bust. In this really? Street. Yes. The, I will say there are a lot of busts.
2: In, in this range that I think could potentially be in for, for some down seasons. Uh, Derek Henry is one. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is a big one for me. Yep. Kenyon Drake is another. We don't want to and go down that road again. Austin Eckler. <laughs> Austin Eckler, I think, I think, could be a bust as well. It's four guys in this range that I see. If certain situations don't happen and certain conditions don't occur, they could be busts.
1: And Cook, too, just off of injuries.
2: Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. If if Dalvin Cook is not playing, if he's not 100%, yeah, he he could absolutely be a bust, no doubt about it. But I think the safest guy in this tier is Dalvin Cook because you know he's going to get you volume. He's going to get you touchdowns. Mike Zimmer wants to use him. And that was basically my whole argument against Kirk Cousins was this offense runs through Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is the guy. And if something was going to happen to Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison is winning people leagues. I mean, no questions asked. Alexander Madison had his opportunity last year, got hurt, and then people were flying high on the Mike Boone train at the end of the year. People were starting. People were starting Mike Boone in fantasy championships.
0: Crazy, crazy, crazy. But yeah, I, he. Uh, Dalvin Cook is definitely a safe, a safe pick yes. out of these out of this group because he is in that sort of offense that gives you consistent usage but you just got to hope that he stays on the field it's it's like delvin cook has the potential to be like a saquon barkley where he could be where he's a top 5 running back potentially top 3 but if if he plays 16 games but you know delvin cook doesn't play 16 games he just doesn't yeah he he he's pretty much guaranteed to miss a couple
2: games during the season, which is why you better make sure that you do have Alexander Madison locked up Uh, in terms of my sleeper breakout bust for this group. uh, It's pretty easy, believe it or not. I mean, this is a very straightforward group. I have my sleeper being Joe Mixon, my breakout being miles Sanders and my bust being Clyde Edwards. Hilaire. Uh,
0: My bust is also Clyde Edwards. Hilaire. Um, My sleeper. I think is miles Sanders. And my breakout is Joe Mixon. Okay. So we had the same
2: guys, just basically in a a different order. Um, Jared, I want to ask you, since this is clearly the anti-Clyde edwards Hilaire podcast, uh, is there anything that Adam and I are missing when it comes to uh, Clyde edwards
1: Hilaire? Well, I'll placate your side that no one's really bringing up. Everyone um, went on the hype train for um, Hilaire. When um, Damien left, but I was thinking to myself, um, Clyde's like the, uh, Clyde is the guy um, by default pretty much now, but do they want to use him like he's the only guy? Because if Damien was still there, we would still be having the conversation of is Hilaire going to break out or not. So let's see if they use DeAndre Washington a little more or any of their other guys.
2: Darwin Thompson, Darrell Williams, Exactly. Yeah. There are a ton of guys there that they can just plug and play. And Andy Reid is not one to use one running back. He's never been that guy. He likes to incorporate his other running backs. So to just come in and say that a rookie who's not going to have any game time during the preseason is going to jump in right away in week one and get you 20, 25 touches, I think is ludicrous. And anybody who thinks that and is going to just say, oh, well, preseason doesn't really mean much. They're, they're, they're blind. It fucking does now. <laughs> of course it does. <laughs> when you don't have it, it absolutely 100% does. Now, is there a shot that Clyde Edwards Alaire, you know, gradually build himself up? I mean, I, I've said this Clyde Edwards Alaire reminds me of what Miles Sanders was last year, 2AT. That he's a guy that will have to wait, 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 and people will have to wait on him. And then when Miles Sanders gets his opportunity, he was gone. Same thing with Clyde Edwards-Alaire is I think it's going to take a little bit for Clyde Edwards-Alaire to get his footing underneath him. But the real question is, and which is why I'm so against him, is what good is Clyde Edwards-Alaire going to do for your team if by the time week four, week five comes along, and that's when he has his big-time breakout game, what is it going to do for your team if your team at that point is one and three, one and four? You know,
0: yeah. Well, it's I not, not going to do much. I think it's a situation where it's not that we don't like Clyde edwards hilaire it's that we don't like where he's going.
2: Yes, I, I agree. I think the I think he's a great player. He came from an offense last year that was it's the greatest college offense of all time. And anybody who's thinking that he's just going to step right in with Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and he's going to do the same thing that he did with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. I mean, that's just – it's crazy to me. It, it's, well, stuff, people, it's
1: absolutely nuts. People are also, also uh, thinking about Kareem Hunt's season as a rookie too when he finished third. True. So that's in the, the mind of a lot of people. I think – I don't blame him though. I yeah. feel like there's a possibility if he gets the work that we're – Big there. F. Yeah, it's a big F.
0: In a, norm, in a normal season – in a non-five-letter V-word uh, area that we're going here, that we're in here, I'd be fine. I'd be more willing to put Clyde edwards hilaire in in this tier two, maybe not at seven, but where you have limited training camps, no preseason, where your first action in the NFL, real action, is week one of the regular season, then, and you're a rookie. And you just kind of finish up the playbook, and you haven't really done much in this in the way of like inner squad uh, scrim- scrimmages. And scrimmages are just scrimmages. It's ne- you can't really rep- you can't really recreate actual NFL games in practice. You just can't. And I think for a player like Clyde edwards solaire for where he's going. You're gonna to have to get real good, real quick, because you have to keep. A, you're gonna have to make up for the points that you could be losing if he ends up getting off to a slow start. You need to have that depth around him to to make up for it. But then once he get once he gets rolling, if he turns into like a t- like the uh, seven, the RB seven, then yeah, you're you're happy with yourself that you drafted him. But those first couple of weeks are gonna be kicking, you're gonna be kicking yourself.
2: I have some uh, some breaking news on the on the pod. Uh, Devontae Adams left practice today with a leg slash ankle injury.
0: <sighs> First, Aj Green, and now Devontae Adams. Moment yeah, he uh,
2: suppo- supposedly he uh, leapt up for a pass that Aaron Rodgers had thrown and just came down awkwardly, went to the medical tent, came back out, and pointed to his ankle, and that was just sort of that. So, oh boy. Um, all right, so getting back to, to Clyde for a second, I just want to go through the guys in this tier, and I just want to see where everybody's levels are when it comes to uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So would anybody rather have Clyde Edwards-Alaire over Derek Henry? No. No. Would anybody rather have Clyde Edwards-Alaire over Kenyon Drake?
1: No. That's a close one for me personally.
2: It's a very close one for me as well. I, I would. Drake is a I would.
1: Question mark and himself.
0: I think Kenny Drake is the fact that he's a, he's a veteran. He's done. He's a proven guy. He's spent uh, time in. He's already familiar with Cliff Kingsbury's playbook. He's got that familiarity there with that, and also uh, Kyler Murray. I think it, it is definitely close, but I think Kenny Drake edges out Clyde edwards Hilaire. Would anybody
2: rather have Clyde Edwards-Alaire over Miles Sanders? It's a big no for me.
1: No. Close. I'm going to say no, though.
2: Would anybody rather have Clyde Edwards-Alaire over Austin Eckler?
1: Yes, definitely.
2: Not me. Yeah, I'll take take Eckler.
0: Not me either.
2: Would anybody rather have Clyde Edwards-Alaire over Joe Mixon? Absolutely not.
0: Well, I know that you wouldn't no shot Here we go yes i i'd say no also
2: i would love to hear the reasoning for yes
1: well we've seen mixon not perform at all he has a little bit of an injury history he's on a bad team i just i would rather have the uh ceiling i'd rather draft ceiling than have a bunch of question, other question marks with the Bengals organization with mixon himself as a player there's not, I don't think he's as concrete as he seems.
2: Well, I think right now, Joe Mixon is the number one pass catcher on that offense. Yeah. With well, AJ, the, with AJ yeah. Green now being on the shelf, um, Tyler Boyd now becomes the primary target for double teams from the opposition. And that means Joe Mixon now is probably going to be running more routes. And we've seen what Joe Burrow likes to do with pass catching running backs. It's, it's why everyone loves Clyde Arizolaire so much. So why should people not be on board with Joe Mixon when Joe Burrow, the guy that threw the passes to Clyde Edwards-Alaire and made Clyde Edwards-Alaire a star, why shouldn't they be all over Joe Mixon for that same exact reason who has more of an opportunity and is more in line for regular work than Clyde Edwards-Alaire is? I think Joe Mixon's floor is much safer than Clyde Edwards-Alaire is. I mean, his, the ceiling, I'll, I'll give to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, sure. But the floor for me, week to week, it's Joe Mixon. No
1: doubt you, about it. We've been talking about lack of uh, training camp and uh, preseason games. Joe Burrow's a rookie himself in a new offense.
2: And that's very fair. But I'm not, I'm yes. not talking about Joe Burrow. I'm not endorsing Joe Burrow. I well, am but, endorsing Joe Mixon.
1: No, but you're making it like Burrow himself is going to add a lot of value to Mixon.
0: Well, Joe Mixon's already a good player in his own right playing. Correct. And he's played with good with terrible quarterbacks. Quarterbacks that are worse than Joe Burrow.
1: I agree. So, I, I agree, yeah. but I feel like there's some holes in Mixon when you look at his numbers the past couple of years. Little injuries have lingered. Sometimes he doesn't produce as much Is that how good is that line? I would personally just draft the um the ceiling with Clyde. But I like I do like Mixon now. My he's only my only schedule.
2: The only thing that I'll give you on Mixon was the five touchdowns last year that he had, that that has to change. That has to go up if Mixon is going to be effective, which I think it will. But at the end of the day, Mixon still had 35 receptions last year. That number should absolutely go up. And he was almost a 1,200-yard rusher last year, and he played in 16 games. The last two seasons, 2018 and 2019 – excuse me, 2017 2018 – Joe Mixon played in 14 games, both of of those seasons. And 2019 last year was the first year that Joe Mixon played in all 16 games. And yes, you can question how how effective he was. Absolutely, no doubt about it, which came with a subpar offensive line. But Jonah Williams will be back in the fall their first-round pick from last year's draft, which should absolutely help the offensive line and definitely get more holes open for Joe Mixon and that's maybe maybe I'm thinking in just an, in a real ideal world that is what happens but I believe that at the end of the day talent really shows itself and the opportunity is absolutely there as well and I that's why I think Joe Mixon is for me if I'm in the back of the draft the two guys that I'm looking at to take no questions about no questions asked there's three guys it's Miles Sanders Joe Mixon and Josh Jacobs who we'll talk about in a minute
0: that's right. Good transition. Thank you Josh very much. Josh Jacobs is in the Tier 3. It's a bit of a, uh, a lonely group of, the, of Tier 3 where you have Josh Jacobs, Aaron Jones, and Nick Chubb. So at least we know who our breakout bust and sleeper is for this tier, but it's just which order. Which order
2: Easy. It is. This, is, this is the easiest tier that we'll do.
0: All right. There
2: really shouldn't be much doubt about it, um, for me it is my sleeper is Nick Chubb my breakout is Josh Jacobs and my bus is Aaron Jones
0: yeah yeah I think Aaron Jones is the is the one player I could definitely make a case for Nick Chubb being a bus. absolutely yeah Kate, with Kareem Hunt there who could be uh taking away usage mm-hmm. but uh, before we go into that, Jared, what's your your sleeper breakup, breakout bust?
1: I'm not a big fan of any of these running backs, but I'm going to throw Aaron Jones as a sleeper. If that even makes sense because he finished so high last year? But I was not a fan of him in the beginning of the season, but looking at his numbers and who's on that team, I mean, who's really going to get the work on that team, especially now if Devontae Adams' injury lagging? But even if it's not, I mean – I still feel like he's going to get a lot of the work still on the ground and in the passing game. I don't see him being phased out completely this year, and he's shown he could put the work in still.
2: Well, the problem with Aaron Jones is that the 19 total touchdowns that he had last year was tied with Christian McCaffrey for the most in the National Football League. Is he getting 19 touchdowns again? No way.
1: Of course not. But if he gets double digits, I mean, if you're drafting him in this tier, I mean that's still great value in my opinion.
2: Yeah, if he, if he yeah. gets you if he get you double digit touchdowns, absolutely, no doubt about it. But this is also a guy that wasn't even a thousand yard rusher last year. I thought he was barely a thousand yard rusher. Barely? Okay. Barely yeah. a thousand yard rusher.
0: Well my problem with Aaron Jones is AJ Dillon. True. True. That but, could that could be a
2: problem. But again, it's a rookie. We don't we don't know, you know, what kind of role he'll play early on. So, yeah, he'll take some out of the, some of the work for, away from Aaron Jones sort of, but I don't think it's enough where people are going to be like, you know, hammering and hollering as to, "Oh, why is AJ Dillon, you know, taking all these touches away from Aaron Jones?" you know. But I think Josh Jacobs is he's the home run of this group. N- no doubt about it. I mean, you look at his upside
0: is tremendous. Yeah, I think Josh Jacobs can definitely but I think Josh Jacobs deserves to be in tier, in tier two. You can make and a case for it, yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm not a big fan of him personally. I don't like the team overall. They have a hard schedule on the ground. Um, He's their pretty much their best weapon, really. And um, his receptions have to go up for him to be good, in my opinion. And his numbers last year were good, but nothing crazy. I mean, I could see him being a breakout, but – I'm not drafting him too high personally. I haven't seen enough, especially with that organization. Okay, so where would you take
2: Josh Jacobs on Jared? Is he is he a
1: mid-second round pick? Is he a oh, early he, second round pick? I would put him more more mid. He reminds me He reminds me of um Hilaire, to some extent with the arguments you were making. I mean, both haven't really proven a lot, but both have been t- Both are great uh, pass catchers. They're expected to get a lot of pass catching work. And we haven't really seen it from either of them. I mean, you could argue Josh Jacobs had some good games last year, which he did, but I don't trust the franchise. And I think they're going to have a tough schedule this year. So let's see how good he really is and if they give him the work. Jared, I agree with you on one point that you made.
2: And I will say that the receptions for Josh Jacobs have got to go up in order for him to really deliver on all that I'm hyping up for him. I will agree with you 100% on that. But I will also say that Josh Jacobs' rookie year rushed for 1,100 yards. He had seven touchdowns. That's a really solid year. And, yes, the team is not great. But at the end of the day, I think John Gruden is going to do everything in his power to make sure that Josh Jacobs – gets the amount of touches that he deserves on a game-to-game basis, and that includes the receptions. So at the end of the day, I would take him into the first round. I would because I think he's that good. I think he's that special of a talent, and he's the guy that – and we don't know what the fan situation is going to be like with Las Vegas. We, we don't know that yet. But if there are fans that are going to be going to Vegas games this year, They're going to want to see their top guy, the most marketable guy that the Raiders have to really pitch football to Las Vegas. And who is that guy? It's Josh Jacobs. I'm kidding. John (laughs) Gruden. Yes. It's Josh Jacobs. It's Josh Jacobs. He is, he is their moneymaker for that entire franchise to potentially work in Las Vegas.
0: Yeah. I think the interesting thing about, uh, Josh Jacobs. Did you say when you we were talking about the AFC West show that John Gruden was gonna give him the ball like 25 yard times a game out of spite? Yep. I wouldn't be surprised one bit. That would be something that John Gruden would do. Was that an onion article that you just read on a podcast like it was news? No, that was that was a legit article that I that I God.
2: that I read. Legit that John Gruden was so pissed off that Josh Jacobs did not win rookie of the year that he could just pound the rock with Josh Jacobs and toss it to him at every opportunity that he gets just despite. spite. And that that would be very petty of John Gruden. It would. It would, but it, would I be surprised if he went and he did that? No, not at all. Well, it I be mean, beneficial
0: to the elephants?
2: Yes. Yes, it would. Um, I mean, let's talk about Nick Chubb. I mean, this is this is someone that there are a lot of questions about. No, no doubt about it. But at the end of the day, this is a guy that almost won a rushing title last year, and people are just getting ready to write off because of Kareem Hunt. And, and he's my sleeper because I think people are writing him off already. That Kareem Hunt is there, Kareem Hunt is going to cut into his workload, and that'll be the end of Nick Chubb. And I just I don't agree with that at all.
0: I I, don't know, I see it more. I see it more like I listen. It's not going to be a committee. Let's be let's be real about that. It's not going to be a committee with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. But Kareem Hunt is a player that's too good to To not utilize him a fair amount in in the Cleveland Browns offense, uh, Kareem Hunt does a lot of the things that Nick Chubb doesn't in the sense of uh, of uh, receiving out of the backfield. I think that's where a lot of uh, Kareem Hunt's usage is going to come. And as far as like the goal line, Nick Chubb is definitely going to get carries there, but. The Browns offense is one of those where it's really good, but there's so many mounds to feed in the offense. You have Jarvis Landry, Odo Beckham, Austin Hooper, Nick Chubb, and kareem hunt all all together for for making as I like to say there's only one football bird there is only one football there's only it. one football <laughs> um.
1: Jared, what do, you, what do you think about uh, Nick Chubb? He's interesting. Um, the numbers he put up were phenomenal last year. When you look at his fantasy uh, points week to week, they were good. I like where he's going. I like this tier for him. I wouldn't draft him any higher than these guys. But um, I respect for where he's going. He's like a mid-second-round guy to me. Yeah, I, I I completely agree. I
2: think this is a fair enough spot where – I think this is a guy that can really win people leagues at the the end of the day just because of how often I think he's going to be used with Kevin Stefanski there who was the offensive coordinator last year for the Vikings and ran a shit ton with Dalvin Cook. So it could be much of the same here where a young quarterback, Baker Mayfield, who mightily struggled last year, needs to regain some of his confidence. And how do you do that with a young quarterback that is under pressure to deliver? You incorporate the running game more and more,
1: and that's where Nick Chubb comes in. Do you take uh, Chubb over Hilaire? Yes.
2: Okay. Yeah, I would. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Okay.
1: Another yeah, I
2: have, I have Nick Chubb. Let me just pull up my ranks, and I'll give you exactly where I have Nick Chubb. I have Mr. Chubb at, if this wants to load for me. There we go. I have Nick Chubb right now. As my RB11, one spot in front of Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 21st overall. Okay. So, basically, basically, I have him as a late second-round pick, which I think is fine.
1: Another quick question. If Kareem Hunt, they don't sign him again next year, which they probably won't, where do you think he goes, Nick Chubb, in a redraft? I feel like first round. Be... I feel like he's going to go very high, though. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, uh, like at least mid first round people are going to hype him up so. i
2: think next year i think you'd put him at the top of the tier two running backs so it would just depend on what josh jacobs does it would depend on if ezekiel elliott loses his luster a little bit um if joe mixon enters that conversation i i think yeah you're talking basically i think he will be somewhere around in either direction. In between RB four and RB seven, if Kareem Hunt is not there next year, which is a first round pick,
0: yeah, yep. All right, uh, you know, I I talked about the the quality of running backs kind of falling off, going from tier one to tier two, but now it really you get you're getting players with a lot of of baggage. Let's say uh, tier four has Leonard Fournette. Todd Gurley, Chris Carson, Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, Melvin Gordon, David Johnson, Jonathan Taylor, Mark Ingram, David Montgomery, the aforementioned Kareem Hunt, and Devin Singletary. And this is the group that I look to avoid.
1: This is the group
0: that makes you, like, shudder when you get to that point in the draft where you have to pick one of them. Yes.
2: No doubt about it, but this is the group that scares the living daylights out of me, and this is the group again that I love to avoid at all costs if I potentially can. Um, if I had to pick a sleeper out of this group, I would say, I mean, this is this is a, a really tough group that to just to say anything nice. I would say my sleeper here is James Conner. I would say my breakout is David Montgomery. And I would say my bust
0: is Leonard Fournette. I would say my sleeper is Devin Singletary. Um, My breakout is... Mm, this is tough. I think my my breakout is probably either Le'Veon Bell, or of course, of course or <laughs> um, uh, Kareem Hunt. Either that, and then my bust is Todd Gurley.
1: Okay, Jared. Yeah. I have a lot of busts and breakouts in this tier.
2: I do too. A lot. It was hard to pick one.
1: Very yeah. Hard. Leeper, I would do Montgomery just for the carries he's going to get. And he's a good runner. Um, Breakout. Breakout I'll give between James Conner and Chris Carson. I like both of them a lot. I do as well. And bust. Fournette's a clear bust to me this year. And I'm going to go with David Johnson, too, as a bust.
0: Yeah.
2: I can see that. Well, I think in in defense of David Johnson – It kind of, in a way, in a very similar sort of way, reminds me a lot of when the Giants took Saquon Barkley over Sam Darnold. And everybody was hammering and hollering Dave Gettleman and saying, you know, why did you take Saquon Barkley over Sam Darnold? And Dave Gettleman basically ensured that Saquon Barkley would pan out. And absolutely made it a 100% guarantee that Saquon Barkley no matter what, come hell or high water, was going to pan out for the New York Giants and it has. Much of the same thing now with David Johnson. That Bill O'Brien has taken so much heat for trading David jo- for trading DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals and getting David Johnson back that at the end of the day I think David Johnson is going to pan out for the Texans come hell or high water that Bill O'Brien is going to make sure that it does pan out regardless. Now, the one thing I will say is health obviously is a big question with David Johnson. No doubt about it, as are a lot of these guys in this group. I think if, if you're saying the one big thing with any of these guys as to what can derail them, it's health. No no questions asked. I mean, if we just go down the list one more time, Gurley, health, Fournette, health, Connor, health, David Johnson, health, Mark Ingram, health. I mean, those are all guys that really you there are big question marks over when it comes to what their level of production is going to be. So this is like this. If you're taking anybody in, in this group, you better make sure that they stay healthy. Otherwise, it could prove to be disastrous for your team when you're taking, when you're taking these guys pretty much, they're going in round four, round five.
0: Yeah. The the difference I think between Saquon bar, like Dave Gelleman's um, mistake, if you can even call it a mistake now uh, and Bill O'Brien's actual mistake is that you can't like force a player to be good. In the sense that Saquon Barkley already had the talent, really, to be like one of the best running backs in the NFL. I think that even though, even if Bill, if uh, Bill O'Brien tries to to use the shit out of David Johnson out of spite, you can't just make him be really good. Sure, you can because you you have volume. and For if fantasy, any, if, yes. any,
2: if anything else, volume will will win out, and that's why I think David Johnson is going to surprise a lot of people this year where if his numbers aren't great, the amount of times that he's used will be will warrant
0: him to be at least an RB two. Yeah. Well, I think even like, regardless of how well David Johnson, even if David Johnson finishes as the RB one, I think Bill O'Brien still should have gotten the first round pick for Deandre Hopkins. That, that has been
2: (laughs) well hammered in via this podcast. Um, We all have, I believe Jared and I did. I don't I don't know if you did, Adam. Um James Connor. I, I don't like him anywhere. I like him a lot just because Mike Tomlin said he's gonna get the ball. He's gonna be he's gonna get every opportunity to be the league guy. He's playing for his cash, his first big contract. And I think that really helps James Connor and gives him some steam to potentially be an RB one come the end of the year. And if you're telling me that James Conner is a guy that rushes for eight, 900 yards and has 10 touchdowns, I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Yeah, I think James Conner was definitely. It's so interesting because whenever we think about sleepers and breakouts and busts, the bust is fine, I can think of, because I can put in the in perspective like, you know, somebody gets drafted high and doesn't do all that well. But, you know, when you think of sleepers and breakouts, you think of like Austin Eckler the year that uh, Melvin Gordon uh, held out. Like, players that you draft in, like, the 15th round and then they end up pen, penning out where – and breakouts also. But, like, James Conner, it's like he's already broken out. Like, he broke out when Le'Veon Bell uh, held out in 2017 where he was, like, one of the best running backs in fantasy. So, yeah, I think James Conner is definitely up there for me as far as uh, breakouts, guys who are going to do well this year. And how about uh, we all
2: were down on Leonard Fournette, and what's the, uh, what's the rationale behind that? Jaguars are going to be fucking terrible. Yeah.
0: They're not going to be running the ball all that yep. often.
2: Yep. I, I agree. I think if anything else, the only thing that can help Leonard Fournette is if you can guarantee him the carries that he's going to get you. 20, 25 carries a game. Maybe he gets you six, seven touchdowns, and he stays healthy. That's really it. He's a lot yeah. better in PPR. In non-PPR, Leonard Fournette is probably in, like, tier five. I disagree. I think he, I think he's better in non-PPR
0: than he is in PPR. Really? I think that – I do. With the amount of times that the Jaguars are going to be throwing, they're going to – like, Garner Minshew is going to be dropping back like 50 times a game.
2: And I think, I think that, like, that guy is going to be catching passes as Chris Thompson and won't be Leonard Fournette.
1: I kind of agree with Ed on this one. I mean, last year, the only thing that really saved Fournette was – his receptions. He only had what five rushing touchdowns? Yeah. Five the entire year. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay Grun's coming on to the Jaguars. He loves Chris Thompson for some reason. Can't get enough of him. And um Fournette's disgruntled with the organization as it is. I could see him just le- saying he has COVID or is afraid of COVID this year just to not play with them. And um it's his last year, too. On that team, it's gonna be a crummy team. He might not want to put the work in on a losing effort.
2: Right, and I would would say, if anything, if you're in a keeper league and people are scared to draft Leonard Fournette, let him slide, let him slide, let him slide. And then when you see an opportunity to pounce, go for it. Because at the end of the day, I think Leonard Fournette is going to be on a different team next year, and if he goes to a team such as the Steelers or if he goes to a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers,
0: Leonard Fournette, you're putting in the discussion as an R B one. Can you imagine Leonard Fournette on the Steelers? That'd be
2: that'd be interesting considering where Jared and I were a few years ago going absolutely apeshit in my home when Leonard Fournette was torching the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Jared and I both had him in our lineups that day. Oh, that was oh, that was the, oh. the
0: regular season one, not the playoff one.
2: The regular season one, yes. That was twenty eighteen, I believe. And yes. he got hurt the rest of the season. <laughs> and then was hurt the rest of the season. Yes.
0: Oh uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had him on my fantasy team that year. I had oh, him with Dalvin Cook. That was not good. That was not fun. Yikes! Not fun at all. I think that's probably why I have my deep seated issues with Dalvin Cook. It's because of that that one year. But uh, yeah, this uh, this group is is very shaky. Um, I think the reason why I picked love bell as my breakout is not only because I'm a Jets fan, it's definitely part of it. But I think that, listen, I'm optimistic that Adam Gaze is going to learn his lesson. Is like oh, Adam? I know, I know. I hate him. I hate the guy. I hate Adam Gaze. He's the worst. He's a terrible hire. But Wishful gotta, thinking, Adam. You got to make it. You got to make do with what you, with what you got.
2: He's got a terrible name too.
0: No, his name is great. His name is wasted
1: on a, on a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, Frank Gore, that's his guilty pleasure. I can't <gasps>
0: Franklin Gore. I can't
1: Franklin Gore. He's
2: you mean Franklin? <laughs> yes. What a guy. What a guy. Uh, Jared, by the way, for the sake of our wager that we, that we put down, both of us are over uh, three and a half goals for Bayern and Lyon. It is 1-0 Bayern. There we go, Serge Nabry, former Arsenal boy. Get in, get oh, in, boy. son. Three more, three more. Yes, please. If Leon wants to score and make it interesting, that'd be great.
1: <laughs>
0: All right. Well, is there anything else that you uh, want to touch on before we no, go? I think that was a very, uh, that was a very productive episode, gentlemen. And
2: Jared, as always, thank you for uh, for coming on. And the next time we will see you. You'll be uh, you'll be at a final for the Quizvitational, baby. Thank you. I can't wait. Yep, Jared. Jared. Before before you close this out, mm-hmm. Adam, I, I need someone as my witness. Jared, if you win, if you win the quiz votational and you dethrone Matt, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'll I, I'll I'll go there. Give him some motivation. If you win the quiz votational, I will come out of the host chair. For one time only. And I will and you can be the host of the quiz votational and I will be a participant. That might have a million
1: views. It just might you know how I win? Turn the Wi Fi off. I'm witness. Turn his Wi Fi off for the quiz votational. And then I think I'll have a shot.
0: Oh my god. Don't even joke about that. <laughs> Especially on this podcast. Don't even joke about that. <laughs> just his. Are you are you
2: ins- are you insinuating that I am a cheater? No, not you, your brother. Oh, you mean the other the other hat, the one that's the the reigning defending undisputed champ? Well,
0: Probably.
1: Not making any allegations, and just just saying,
0: pointing out something that could be obvious fact. Yeah, that's fair. Fair enough. You guys do live in the same. You're in the same. You're like a room apart.
2: Yes. So yes, only he's only he's downstairs right now, uh, riding the same bet that Jared and I are, which is uh, the Byron over three and a half. So come on, Byron or Leon, just score goals. <laughs> Be more
0: fun. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the basement talk podcast, Fantasy show. Once again, thank you to Jared for coming on to talk about running backs Thanks. and yeah, it was a pleasure. Yeah. Anyway, you can find all episodes under the basement talk podcast umbrella, like the vanilla basement talk podcast, the Fantasy show and the quiz rotational all on Apple podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud.
2: Yes, sure and a little, little programming note. But sorry to cut you off, Adam. Uh, Vanilla Basement Talk podcast is being recorded tomorrow, and the Quizvitational is being recorded on Monday.
0: All right. So be sure to leave us a five-star review when you can and a comment on what you thought about uh, the running backs. Next time, next week, next episode, we will be talking about the uh, latter half of the running backs, that's from like tier five to wherever we decide to end it. And it should be pretty interesting. This is where the debates get a lot more uh, inter- interesting is definitely a word, but I don't want to want to reuse it. But it, it's, it gets interesting. Let's just the say debates, that. The debates get more poignant. Yeah. SAT word. There you go. Regardless, for my co-host, Ed Birdsall so- and for our guest, Jared Fragione, I am Adam Castor, and we will talk to you next time on the Basic Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye bye.